0: I was out with the team all day in Aleppo, visiting our uh, clinics, visiting makeshift shelters, talking to people on the ground, our partners, everyone involved in the emergency response. It's very difficult for me to capture in a single sentence or a paragraph and paint a picture for you of the, the level and scale of disaster that we're seeing. It's not just the physical destruction that is compounded by over a decade of conflict and war. There are buildings that have collapsed, entire streets that have been demolished, but it's the cumulative exhaustion of a people who have been fighting for their vital existence and now feel that the very moment that they're starting to return to some normalcy and see hope and light at the end of the tunnel, the natural disaster, this massive earthquake has literally crumbled their hopes the way that the buildings have crumbled during the earthquake itself.
1: This is so sad. As we know, UNFPA pays special attention to women and girls. What is the fund currently doing on the ground to alleviate the impact of this humanitarian disaster on women and girls?
0: You know, the majority of people who are in the shelters and who are displaced um, in northern Syria and northwest Syria are women and girls. So even prior to the earthquake, we had a number of initiatives with our partners on the ground that provided safe delivery, maternal health services, uh, protection from gender based violence. Those have had to scale up massively. We've had to also integrate and and expand our programs to extend to the makeshift shelters, mosques and schools and parks that have been turned into places where, I say shelter, but I use the term loosely. None of these makeshift shelters are equipped for human residents. They lack water, they lack good sanitation, electricity, heating. It was cold. It was dark in some places, but we are trying with our partners on the ground to provide vital services. We have dignity kits that have gone out, 39,000 to the women here in in Aleppo alone, and they are for pregnant women, for families who've been displaced. It provides them with basic hygiene products. It provides them with a change of clothing, something that they can also share with their family and give them a sense of normalcy, dignity, and integrity. We also work with our partners to provide medical equipment um, in the two hospitals that are still functioning. And we are working hand in hand with the rest of the United Nations team here on the ground to ensure better coordination amongst our our services so that the most needy get the quickest uh, service. It is a massive operation and beyond compare and nothing that one single agency or one single country can possibly cope with though.
1: The Secretary-General and the UN as a whole welcomed the decision by the Syrian President Bashar Assad to open the Bab al-Hawa or Bab Salam and al Ra'i crossing, uh, and this is to facilitate, of course, the entry of humanitarian aid. Um, how will this affect the fund's operation on the ground?
0: Uh, I think it'll have a very positive impact on, uh, on our operations. The two crossing points that uh, were opened and we, we thank uh, all the parties involved, both for the opening from the Syrian government, also the lifting of temporary sanctions, and the, the Turkish government for their collaboration. And I think that this is a very key note about how reconciliation can can begin. Finally, we have a point where everyone converges on the need to help those who need our help and it is unbiased, it is blind to anything except for the humanitarian assistance. Today a massive convoy went across the border um, into Idlib. It was, uh, UNFPA was not part of this one, but we still had boots on the ground. Um, and in the next convoy we will be part of it delivering um, uh, equipment for the um, hospitals. We'll be delivering more dignity kits um, for the people who have been, who've been displaced. And we will also strengthen our people and coordination on the ground, because there's a sense of duty of care to our providers as well. Please don't forget that these are people who they themselves have been traumatized, and yet they work tirelessly through the night. We have staff members who've been sleeping in their cars for eight days, just moving around from place to place after they finish work and donating their time. But that requires also a little bit of time and energy after all of that adrenaline dissipates, and much clearer coordination and planning with those involved. We hope that that will be the next stage of what we deliver.
1: We hope so too. Uh, we heard and saw, as everyone saw, the recent uh, rescued baby in Turkey uh, several days after the the earthquake. And that was indeed a, a a good news, a very good news to everyone. Any similar good news from Syria?
0: You know, there's always good news if you look for it. And I think people are 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 waiting for a ray of hope. The Syrian people um, are very industrious. They love life. And today I met a woman who was a grandmother at a very early age. Her house was uh, damp- not damaged. Her house was destroyed along with that of her daughters in the earthquake. Her daughter is a young mother of 20 who ended up in the hospital with a broken uh, pelvis and two broken legs. And she herself was the mother of an eight month old uh, baby boy, her first. Despite the fact that the house was destroyed, the young mother lost her son and the grandmother was a widow. The three, the two women and the baby are safe. We were able to provide direct assistance for the mother to recover, and I'm happy to report that despite the fact that she's a bit broken, she will recover. Um, The grandmother is safe and sound with the baby and has had both medical and psychosocial counseling and remains um, with one of our partners to help her with shelter and other needs. And we hope that the family reunification will take place very soon. And I think that this is a a really shining example of how, when the community comes together with the assistance of the United Nations, that we can do good out of the most desperate situations.
1: Now, more than a week after the earthquake, do you have a, a better picture of the extent of the damage in Syria?
0: It doesn't take an assessment to really see the extent of the damage. You drive into the city, and if I could paint you a picture, it is one of a city that had grace and beauty at one time, but has been completely demolished and ravaged by 11 years of war and now by this earthquake. It is poor. It is marginalized. It is crumbling. And you can see the impact of this cumulative pressure that has been imposed by the sanctions, the isolation, the war, the physical damage, the tearing apart of the social structure. And we hope that um, it's not just the assessment of how many people. We have a clearer assessment of that. What really is important is an assessment of how we're going to start on the reconciliation and rebuilding of both the people and the country. And I think that that's where the focus of what we are doing as it evolves. The UNFPA will be... um, hand in hand with all of our partners, um, looking at the needs of uh, reproductive health, paternal health, protection from gender-based violence for all the women and girls, wherever they may be in Syria.
1: What do you tell, what message uh, do you, would you send to the Syrian people and also to the international community?
0: I'm going to tell you exactly what I asked the women everywhere that I went. I said, if I could tell the international community one thing, what would you have me tell them? And without fault, in every group of women, individual or collective, their message was the same. We've had enough. We are exhausted and we want reconciliation. We want peace. And we hope that during this very dark moment, that it will be a moment where everyone's hearts and minds are open to the possibilities of peace.